I am the first provoker. <clears throat> Lots of times when I preach, I encourage the congregation to follow along in their Bible. But I'm not going to do that today because I'm going to read Jeremiah's first sermon. And I'm asking you to please use your imagination with me that Jeremiah is preaching on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. The president, the vice president, the members of cabinet, the members of Congress, members of the Supreme Court are invited guests. Listen as Jeremiah preaches his sermon. The word of the Lord came to me. Go and proclaim in the hearing of Washington. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. America was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Washington, all you clans of the house of Lincoln. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your fathers find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols. They became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord in the sense of seeking after me? Where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness? through a land of deserts and rifts, a land of drought and darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. The ministers did not ask, where is the Lord in seeking after him? Those who deal with the law did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols. Therefore, I bring charges against you again declares the Lord, and I will bring charges against your children's children. Cross over into the coasts of Cyrus and go to any other place and observe closely. See if there has ever been anything like this. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory 
for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Is America a servant, a slave by birth? Why then have you become plunder? Lions have roared, they have growled at you. They have laid waste your land. Your towns are burned and deserted. The men of the world, Korea, Vietnam, have shaved the crown of your head. Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? Now, don't go to the United Nations for your help. Why drink from other rivers when I have given you enough? Your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. You have torn off your bonds. You said, I will not serve you. Indeed, on every high hill and under every spreading tree, you lay down like a prostitute. I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt, wild vine? Although you wash yourself with soda and use an abundance of soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the sovereign Lord. How can you say, I am not defiled? I have not run after bales. See how you behaved in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, where you sacrificed innocent children to the fire. Consider what you have done. You are a swift she-camel in heat, a wild donkey accustomed to the desert, sniffing the wind in her craving. In her heat, who can restrain her? Any males that pursue her need not tire themselves. At mating time, they will find her. Do not run until your feet are bare and searching for other gods and your throat is dry. But you said, it's no use. I love foreign gods and I must go after them. As a thief is disgraced when he is caught, so the house of America is disgraced. They and their presidents and their officials, their ministers and their prophets. 
They say to wood, you are my father. And to stone, you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. Yet when they are in trouble, they say, come and save us. Where are the gods you made for yourselves? Let them come if they can and save you when you are in trouble. For you have as many gods as you have towns, O America. Why do you bring charges against me? You have all rebelled against me, declares the Lord. In vain, I punished your people. They did not respond to correction. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a ravening lion. You of this generation, consider the word of the Lord. Have I been a desert to America or a land of great darkness? Why do my people say, we are free to roam. We will come to you no more. Does a maiden forget her jewelry, a bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me days without a number. How skilled you are at pursuing love. Even the worst of women can learn from your ways. On your clothes, men find the lifeblood of the innocent poor, though you did not catch them breaking in. Yet in spite of all this, you say, I am innocent. He is not angry with me. But I will pass judgment on you because you say, I have not sinned. Why do you go about so much changing your ways? You will be disappointed in the United Nations as you were in the League of Nations. You will also leave that place with your hands on your head beating because of defeats that you have suffered. For the Lord has rejected those you trust. If a man divorces his wife and leaves him and marries another man, should he return to her again? Would not the land be completely defiled? But you have lived as a prostitute with many lovers. Would you now return to me, declares the Lord? Look up to the barren heights and see. Is there any place where you have not been ravished? By the roadside, you sat waiting for lovers, sat like a nomad in the desert. You have defiled the land with your prostitution and wickedness. Therefore, the showers have been withheld and no spring rains have fallen. Yet you have the brazen look of a prostitute. You refuse to blush with shame. Have you not just called to me, my father, my friend from my youth, will you always be angry? Will your wrath continue forever? This is how you talk. 
but you do all the evil you can. That's the word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah. Let's look at just a few of the many powerful themes in his sermon. First of all, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, forsaking your first love. When I was pastor here, I performed well over 300 weddings, and I can still picture the bride and the groom standing, gazing into each other's eyes with love as they pledged their love forever. And it's a beautiful sight that I carry with me in my memory. And I'm happy to say that most of those that I married are still together. But every once in a while, a couple would come to me for marriage counseling. And the husband would say, it's over. I don't love her anymore. She doesn't attract me at all. And I'd see the bride's eyes well with tears. They had lost their first love. That's tragic in a marriage, but it is also tragic in our relationship with God. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 11, 2 and 3, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And the risen Christ said in Revelation 2:4, I have this against you. You have forsaken your first love. And that can happen in any of our lives if we're careless and don't really walk with God. A second theme, has a nation ever changed its gods? And God says, look at all the nations. They, they worship idols, but they don't change. But you have changed and you don't worship me. And then God says, be appalled at this, O heavens. Let's apply that to America. Hear the Mayflower Compact. In the name of God, amen. Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith, we do solemnly and mutually in the presence of God covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. Hear the words of the Constitution of the New England Confederation. Whereas we all came into these parts of America with one and the same end and aim, 
namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity with peace. It's a well-known fact that the Ten Commandments underlie English common law and our Constitution. Samuel Adams said, the rights of the colonists as Christians may be best understood by reading and carefully studying the institution of the great lawgiver and head of the Christian church, which are to be found clearly written and promulgated in the New Testament. John Quincy Adams said, from the day of the Declaration of Independence, the American people were bound by the laws of God, which they all, and by the laws of the gospel, which they nearly all acknowledged as the rules of their conduct. Supreme Court Justice Brewer, delivering the, the report of the court, said, these and many other matters which might be noticed add a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a Christian nation. The American nation from its first settlement in Jamestown to this hour is based upon and permeated by the Bible. Justice William O. Douglas said, Our nation presupposes the existence of God, and most of our national institutions are built upon them. The Pledge of Allegiance pledges allegiance to one nation under God. The official motto of the United States is, In God we trust. And how saddened I was that a former president of our country, while he was in office, made a declaration to the whole world, America is not a Christian nation. Look anywhere, has a nation changed its God? But I fear that America has. We're pushing God out of our nation. We don't want his name mentioned in public places. We don't want prayer in public schools. We don't want the Ten Commandments taught. We don't want the Bible read. And we're pushing God out of our country. Has a nation ever changed its God? A third theme, my people have committed two evils. Chapter 2, verse 13. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and have dug cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. What are the cisterns that we have dug? Money. Cars, boats, sex, alcohol, drugs, and on and on and on. We've dug cisterns that will hold no water while forsaking God 
who is the living fountain of living water. A fourth theme, see how you behaved in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. King Ahaz and King Manasseh, kings of Israel, sacrificed innocent children in that valley to the gods of Baal and Molech. And God said of that, they did something I did not command, nor did it ever even enter my mind that they would kill innocent children. They probably only killed a very few. They were just two kings, and that was over. But God said, it's an abomination to me. And if God felt that way, then how does God feel about America when we have killed 59 million children killed in the womb and sacrificed them to the gods of pleasure and convenience? My friends, we stand and we should tremble in the presence of a holy God who is going to judge our land if we do not change. And then this figure of speech, you are a she camel in heat. Isn't that a picture of our search for pleasure and enjoyment and sin? It's an ugly picture, but it's a real one. The, the apostle Paul wrote, you invent ways of doing evil. And modern science has handed us many wonderful things, but they've also handed us many tools which we have used to invent evil. Billy Graham said, we have sexual expression on a scale unknown in modern times. We thought it would make us happy, but we are miserable with it. We have found it destroying not only our morals, but our souls. And God comments, you said, it's no use. I love foreign gods and I must go after them. Another theme have you not brought this on yourselves? Chapter 2, verse 17, repeated four more times in the book of Jeremiah. It's what I used to call with my kids natural punishment. I'd say to them, watch out, don't touch that hot stove. And sometimes they would, they would do it in defiance. And I would say, that's natural punishment. You brought it on yourself. A couple of generations ago, we said to America, there are no rules for sex. Live it up. If it feels good, do it. There are no limitations. Well, two generations later, 
we have the Me Too movement with hundreds of women telling the stories of how they have been abused by selfish men. And we brought it on ourselves as a culture and as a nation. Another, you refuse to blush with shame. Chapter 3, verse 3. And in chapter 6, verse 15, Jeremiah says, they do not even know how to blush. When I was a kid, you go to the movies, oh, they weren't perfect, but you never saw a man and a woman in bed together. When a married couple went to bed, it was two single beds. This was self-censorship. There were things that the whole community would frown upon. They were not spoken of. Oh, yes, there was some hypocrisy in it, but there was also some real purity in it. But what's happening today? We're bringing the very things that we never would talk about. We're bringing them into our own living rooms and contaminating our own minds and the minds of our children. And we don't even blush with shame. And then in chapter 2, verse 19, you have no awe of me. We've taken everything too casually. We're not afraid of God. We, we, we don't stand in awe of him. A few weeks ago, I spoke at a, a weekend retreat for a church. And I spoke on the holiness of God. And this seemed to be a new thought to many of the people. And when it came to, to the end of that weekend, I thought revival was going to break out because at last we had recovered an awe for God. And then this theme, you turned your backs to me and not your faces. And God said in Jeremiah 18, 17, I will show you my back and not my face. This is a heavy-duty message. It's provoking, but it's true. It's God's word. And America today needs to hear the word of God. Jeremiah preached straightforward. He didn't mince any words. But you know what? He added a new conclusion to that sermon. And it's found in chapter 3, verse 12. Listen to the conclusion. Return, faithless America, declares the Lord. I will frown on you no longer, for I am merciful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have scattered your favors to foreign gods. 
you have not obeyed me, return, faithless people. That's Jeremiah's message, not just to Israel, but to America. It's a message of Jeremiah's to the church. It's a message of Jeremiah's to each one of us as individuals. Return to the Lord. Don't let Satan ruin your lives. Don't continue on the path you're going. Come to the cross. Come to Jesus who died to take away your guilt and to give you a new life. Return, O oh faithless America. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.